when a person stands in front of a painting, what they are doing is they are making a sacrifice of time for themselves. They are showing themselves self-love. And that is why art feels good to people. It is why art holds so much goddamn value. My name's Corinne Morrison and I'm an Australian contemporary painter. Here I welcome you inside my studio as I reveal the good, the bad and the messiest parts of my creative life. As you dive down this rabbit hole with me, it's my hope that through honest connection, this space becomes a true legacy of what it means to be stubborn in service of pure passion. Let's dive in. So I have to admit, I am actually easing into this conversation for the second time. Funny story. Spent all day in the studio yesterday, being Sunday, um, recording this podcast. And then, of course, got home, edited, and went to replay it this morning just before uploading and the whole file was corrupt. So <laughs> I'm taking it as a message. I'm taking it as a message from the universe that says, yeah, you could have shared more. And if I'm really honest with you, yesterday I knew leaving here that there was probably a little bit extra that I missed out. So it's now... 5.22 on Monday, the 27th of March, two days before my birthday. How exciting. I'm turning 32 this year. Um, and I... <laughs> do you know what? When I record these episodes, I really try and sink into the purpose of what I want to get out there because I know that words have weight to them and I never know what you guys listening are going to take from it but since starting the podcast it's just been so wonderful to get people's feedback and it's really interesting that there's always something different that is resonating with a person than what you think is going to come across. And today's topic is something that's really alive for me at the moment. And I want to talk about this topic from a really connected, really gentle standpoint because gentle and self-loving is what I am really trying to tap into at the moment. If you've been listening to the podcast right from the start, you would know that I am trying to pivot this incessant push-push mentality that is constantly trying to get ahead. And I know full well, for someone like me with my personality, 
that is always going to be like this undercurrent to the way I operate. But even last week, you would have noticed I didn't post up a podcast. Um, excuse me while I have a cup of my tea. I didn't post a podcast because I was living by my purpose. And that purpose was to take some time out to be quiet. And uh, what we did was we just packed up some bags and we went down to my family's holiday house, which is this beautiful, old, little, rundown, fibro, two-bedroom house in Colborough Beach that is just... Oh, can't really even explain it like you walk through those old doors actually it's a new door that they just replaced but everything else is really old there's two new things they have a new back deck area and a new front door and that's about it the rest of the house is just like this warm hug of family memories because it's like your typical holiday house being that all the stuff from our houses up here that is so loved that nobody wants to get rid of but nobody has space for it all ends up down at Colborough so there is just like this beautiful energy that this house holds and anyone who has ever been there like any of my friends that have been down there um like my fiancé, he's obsessed with the place because the moment you walk through the doors, it is honestly like a switch goes off in your head that just allows you to switch off from everything. And it is the place where I probably do the most valuable thinking, journaling, um, inner work, and even if I'm not intending to do that when I go down there, it always ends up that way. And um, last week was no different. I just spent... Well, actually, was it last week or the week before? It was the week before last. And I literally just sat with my journal, no technology, and just absorbed all there was from the world around me. And I ended up writing this really beautiful blog post called The Day I Followed a Butterfly. And it was just such an honest and raw reflection of what I was going through on those days while I was there. I'll put the link down in the show notes. But I want to come at this real nitty-gritty topic from a really gentle place. And that topic is why we need art. You know, from an artist's perspective, from a buyer's perspective, um, from a painting's perspective, what is it about art that makes it so valuable? And what is it about art that when we send it out to the world, we have to put a price tag on it. What is it about art that allows it to hold that price tag? And it is, it is a topic that every artist cringes over. 
and I am not going to go into detail about the way I price my work or how many works are selling because I actually think that it's it's almost beside the point because the more I pivot and come home to self the more I realize that the choice to actually be an artist and produce the work that is actually all the value that I need to give to it that makes absolutely no sense but when I when I journal so I take I do my morning pages every morning and when I do my morning pages the way that I do it is I more or less pose a question and the question is always something that I'm asking to my inner child. So I have coined her name as Joy, Joy with an I. And I've been speaking to Joy for many, many years. <laughs> this, is, this is why they, they say that artists are crazy. Like, yes, I speak to my own inner child. And... I want to read you something that kind of came through this question as to if a painting could speak, what would the painting say? Like, what does a painting want out of us as a viewer? What does a painting want out of us as an artist? Because what I've come to realise is if we are making art, out of this incessant need to get something done, to just produce, what we end up with is something that is very, very empty. And I really honestly feel that a buyer can feel that about your work if you are creating it from a place of just needing to get something out there versus a real honest place of love for what you do. And in the end, when people purchase an artwork, what they are actually purchasing is they are purchasing our awareness. And I'm going to go into more detail about that as I go on. But before I do, I... I want to read you something that kind of came through in my journaling a little while ago. And I say come through because I really rely on channeling this like inner voice that I think that we all have if we're willing to actively listen. And this inner voice is usually what is producing like the work that we make in the end. And the moment that we check out of that inner voice, I feel like that's where sometimes we run into problems as creatives. So I didn't actually read this yesterday because it's quite, quite honest and vulnerable and there's a couple of things that I have now decided that I'm going to open up and read to you guys and... I had to wait until everyone was out of the shop this afternoon 
to the paint factory where I operate because I have this feeling that when I read you what I want to read you at the end, um, I'll probably get really emotional. So first off, I want to read you something that kind of came through in my journaling. So this is, if a painting could speak in words, what would she say? If you're a, a collector of art, perhaps you will resonate with this in a different way. But I'm going to read this to you anyway. Okay, bear with me. I was once a thought that became a mark. I exist as a history, filling in the blanks for feelings, memories and stories that cannot be put in words. These thoughts that created me were released the moment I was witnessed by you. My role is to hold space for you to negotiate with otherness, to catalyse a next step so that you can place yourself within my frame. I am the beginning of a chapter that can only be completed by you. Time and two eyes is all you will ever need and a willingness to stand still. This world around you pushes, screams and demands so much of your attention. You are moving, always moving. Too busy chasing goals, too busy checking likes or swiping right, too busy looking forward but never seeing never appreciating the present. I am going to make you a promise, a promise to take up space, space for you to invest time in stillness and fall headfirst into the magic you once knew but somehow forgot. Curiosity is only scary because it's unpredictable. We have forgotten what the unknown feels like. So before you ask the artist, what is it? What does it mean? or pull out your phone to Google all there is to know about the process. First, you need to be courageous enough to witness otherness. It is within this contrast that begins the most important step, a willingness to stand face to face with your own inner voice. If you allow yourself to surrender, this inner voice will pull from your personal bank of memories and feelings. It will trigger a response. And at this point, I have done my job. Art is always a terrifying and yet beautiful way of coming home to self. Now, Joy wrote that, my little inner voice sometimes channels through me. Joy wrote that for me to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing and Really, as an artist, sometimes we get caught in this production mode of knowing how we get to our end point and almost rehashing just the pattern of making art versus actually stopping being with a work and actually asking the work, what, what is it you're trying to get out? What do I feel about you? And I've been working really hard lately to tap back into that, to really, really tap back into that notion of why I do what I do. And I think for the most part, 
what, what makes art or being an artist, what makes this creative industry stand outside the box of a normal nine-to-five job, right? It's that... Excuse me while I take a sip of tea. It's that what we do is our job is an act of surrender. It is an act of listening and responding rather than this push to make something happen. And I really feel this awakens parts of us. It awakens parts of our buyers and collectors. And what it awakens is this childish part that they've probably forgotten. Why is that? I've been thinking about this a lot. And I want to, like, have a think about this, right? When you're a kid, remember as a kid when you were in the car and car rides just took so freaking long? And you're like, oh, are we there yet? Like, I think we've all got, like, a childhood memory in a car where we just, ugh, like, it just took so long. Why do you think that is? That is because children... They've got so much space in their head that isn't cluttered with society and all the things they've got to do in a day. They've got space to absorb the world around them. And as a kid, you are absorbing so much of that. You're fully present. And it's like you're switched on constantly. So things feel like they take longer or that they're bigger, more vast somehow. And I really feel that when we produce work, that is what a buyer is borrowing from us. If we are making work from the right place. So I want you to consider if you're making art, writing, any form of creative pursuit, why is it that you're doing it? And... Are you actually being gentle and kind to yourself along the way? Because if we're not being gentle and kind to ourselves and constantly tapping back into the appreciation that what we are doing is listening and responding, if we're not doing that, we're producing out of potentially fear and I know in the past I have definitely produced work out of this need to get something done or a need to escape that was a really large portion of why I did what I used to do my art was an escape and the moment that my life changed and my art was no longer an escape for me I had to really seriously look at what it was that I was doing. Why am I producing work? From a larger perspective, as an artist, what we do is we produce this work. We, 
we pour all of ourselves onto the panel or the page or the story that we're writing, whatever we're doing. And then at the end, we say goodbye and it goes off and lives a life of its own. And this is one of the reasons why I never, ever get attached to my work. Like there's never a piece of work that I think to myself, oh, I could never sell that because I am producing work it changes me. Like I feel like I've gotten so much out of my work at the point that it's complete that I want to give that to someone else. I want to give that curiosity, that sense of wonder, that magic, those things that we feel as a kid. I want to give that to somebody else. My purpose for creating work has always been well for the last few years, it's always been with the intention of making people stand still. Like I said earlier, art is awareness. When someone walks into a gallery space or your studio or wherever they're seeing your work, I actually, look, I actually don't think that viewing work online does this as much, but have you ever watched someone get consumed in your work? Just watched, not said anything, just stood back and watched. It is the most incredible thing. Going back to what I was saying, what I wrote in my journal, art has a way of pulling a person into their frame. When someone stands in front of a work, what they are doing is they are sacrificing their time and that is an act of self-love. If you think of the way society works, how fast we are moving constantly, how much information we are absorbing, the list of 10 billion things that are going on in our head constantly and then you walk in front of a work of art when a person chooses to stand in front of your work they are claiming back something more valuable than anything else we have on the face of this planet they are claiming back a moment of pause for themselves outside of what is going on in their heads, that noise that society is telling them to think. This is why art holds so much goddamn value. This is why a painting is worth six and a half, seven, ten thousand, whatever that number is. There is not a number on the face of this planet that holds more value than, you know, that time. And I just want you to seriously think about that. Think about how important this world is and how important art is. So those people, they they take their two minutes, 30 seconds. They stand in front of your work for 10 minutes. They read your story that you've written or the poem that you've written. They've looked at the sculpture you've made. Then 
what happens? They've been pulled into the frame. They're generating this sense of wonder and magic again. They've claimed a moment of pause. And then what happens? They catalyze a next step. They have a response. Their nervous system has a response. That response might be, oh, God, would never have that on my wall. And that's okay. That is actually okay. Still a valuable response. They've still claimed a moment for themselves. Then what happens? They look at the work. They consider how it was made. They look at the things and generate memories and feelings from the work. And then they leave its presence, whether they purchase it or not. And they take that and then they go back and interact with the rest of the world. And when they show up, I can 100% tell you that they would be showing up back in reality in a slightly changed manner. Slightly changed manner. That then impacts the next person that they meet. I wonder, I wonder, if everyone just spent five minutes a day viewing a work of art, every single person on the face of this planet, can you imagine how different this world might be? Like instead of everyone pulling out their phones and swiping through Instagram or getting on a dating app or, (laughs) God, help me listen to the news. I can't even remember the last time I've listened to the news. It would be years. I flat out have unsubscribed from every single thing of the world's problems. I don't need death at dinner time, okay? If everyone switched off from that just for a second and looked at a work of art, we'd probably have a really, really different world to live in, would we not? And when we consider that, when we consider all of that and then send our work off in the world, I just think that we have no choice as creators to be really grateful for what we do and to perhaps stop putting this pressure on ourselves constantly to have this purpose of just constantly selling. Like, hey, I've got a mortgage to pay too. I got daycare bills to pay. Sometimes I don't know where the next dollar is coming from either. But I can tell you now, you couldn't pay me a million bucks to be doing anything else other than what I do right now. And this topic of money and art and selling work. It's a really tricky one because for me at the moment, I feel like I'm in like this, almost this messy middle stage of my um, career. I feel like I'm constantly in the messy middle, but perhaps this is where we stay because we're always learning. But I feel like at the moment, There are a lot of dreams of mine that are starting to fall into place. And still, there is that part of me that wants to prove myself in the industry. 
Like, what would success in the industry be? Like, I think about that. I think, oh, I would love nothing more than to get my work to Sydney Contemporary. I would love nothing more than to be, you know, selling $100,000 worth of work a year. But what I'm learning is that I'm actually learning to be okay with exactly how things are. I'm learning to be really grateful for every single time I step foot in the studio. Even though I'm like new to the stable at Curatorial and Co, I'm freaking surrounded by my idols there. Like their stable of artists is incredible. Their work ethic and the efforts that they put in for their artists. I could not ask for a more supportive gallery. And yet there is still this part of me that goes, I need to prove myself. I haven't, I haven't, you know, there's not enough money being generated at the, at, at the moment. They're not, they're not going to keep me. They're going to drop me. And that's not the case. This is just my head. And I want to verbalise that, that this is so normal to feel this way. I'm sure of it. I am sure that all of us feel this way. And then in reality, I look and I'm like, okay, really, if I look at my numbers, I'm averaging a decent painting sale every month. I've got, I'm literally standing in front of commissions at the moment that are for a US client. I had a work last month go off to the Netherlands. Like, I'm okay What is this incessant need to want more, 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 more? Like, what is success? And I'm really grappling with this, you know, this idea that, yeah, I I just need to continue to fall more in love with my work. And... I've been in here most of today carving the next phase of the excavation out of panel 066. Um, There will be a video, a full video that comes out to everyone on my mailing list um, about this entire process. So if you're not already on my mailing list, make sure you join my mailing list so you get that video. But I'm at this midway excavation phase where I've finished the initial sand and I'm carving back into the next areas of the painting and even after today I'm sitting with the work and I can feel this like little tension at the moment it's the only way I can describe it there's a tension to the work it needs something more and I don't feel like it needs a hectic, drastic change. Like some paintings get to a phase in the process where you know that you just, oh, you need to do something so drastic that it's willing to kill the painting. That's not where this painting's are. Like I'm just incrementally creeping along and I'm getting to, like I can see how much more carving I've got to go and I still know it's not going to be enough. And so I've been sitting on my cushion, just staring at the work, being with the work, asking the work, what parts of you do I like? Why do I like them? What parts of you are frustrating me? Why is that? 
And the old part of me would have been thinking in a way that was like, how am I going to produce this work so that it's sellable, so that someone wants to buy it? Like, how, how terrible is that way of thinking? Like, really, you can't produce work from that place. And that little voice still pops up every now and then. And in the end, with where I'm going with Curatorial and Co, we're still working on finding the right market for my work at the moment, which is like, um, I feel like I'm sitting on my hands constantly. Like, I feel like I can just, I can, I'm so proud of the work. I know it deserves to be on people's walls and It's just this phase of the creative industry that you go through. And I know I need to sit with that and be patient with it. And I'm reminding myself of that constantly. Now, yesterday, I kind of finished up at this point. And there was something that I brought into the studio with me yesterday that I thought, I'm just going to sit that there on the table and if I feel like it needs to be read, I will read it. And if not, maybe it's too vulnerable. Maybe I don't need people to know that. And today I'm thinking to myself, like I didn't actually read it yesterday. And I didn't read it out of fear because... Sometimes when you say things, they're then out there. They're then out there in the world and people know what you're trying to get towards. And that's like this pledge of this is where I'm going. Now see if I get there. And then walking back in here today, I thought, well, why was I scared to share that? Why was I scared to really show people how hungry I am to get ahead? Why am I scared to show people why I turn up here every day, even on really hard days, even whilst juggling a toddler and, you know, trying to save for a house? And, like, why do I want to hide that? And so I want to finish up by actually reading my creative vision to you. Um, This is something that... I, this is a, an image. So this is a visualisation that I have been doing for probably five years. Probably five years. This same visualisation, um, over and over and over in my head, I do it every night before I go to sleep. And then I decided to a few months, not a few months, oh, it was probably a year ago that I actually physically wrote out the visualisation in words. And I've never really shared them this vulnerably, so I'm going to read them to you. There is a very high chance that I'll end up in tears. And the reason I say that is because over the last five years, I have been slowly watching this vision fall into place, piece after piece after piece. And... These, these are the parts of me that I feel should be shared because sometimes I think as creatives we're 
well, society tells us to put push down our visions. Like, I'm just really lucky that I had a very supportive family growing up who really embraced my creativity and didn't tell me, no, go and get a real job. It was never like that with my family. Like, they knew there was never going to be a so-called real job. Try and stick this Aries in a box. <laughs> it, it doesn't work. Trust me, I've experimented with it. Um, but, yeah. I'm going to stop babbling. I'm actually going to read this to you. So. <sighs> actually, I'm going to take a sip of tea first. Okay. I'm going to read this to you. So. This is what I play in my head as I go to sleep at night. I am quiet and still, filled with a sense of calm confidence as I sit in the back seat of the car. I'm excited, but not in a way that ego needs to claim space. This moment, whilst it's a first for me, feels as though it holds an unexpected familiarity. I feel as though I am effortlessly flowing into a moment of deja vu. As I step out of the car, I am overwhelmed by the huge glass windows and glow from within the gallery flooding onto the street. As I move slowly towards the building, I'm captured by what I see. The energy on the other side of the windows is truly magnetic. There is a warm buzz emanating from within the space. I peer through the front window. I see a room full of people. Some I recognise, but most I do not. I enter through the huge glass doors unseen and take a moment to pace the outskirts of the huge gallery space. I stand back and observe as people are magnetically pulled towards my paintings. Some people stand in small groups, pointing and discussing elements within the work. Others stand completely alone, but absorbed in their presence, silently claiming their moment of pause, exactly as I had intended. I turn around and watch as passers-by are moved almost by magic from the street into the gallery. One couple in particular caught my eye. I could tell somehow it wasn't their intention to stop, and yet I watched them energetically thrust through the front doors and straight towards my feature painting, this painting spanning the full length of the furthest wall in the gallery. The woman's hand uncontrollably met the surface of the work. It was as if there was some unwritten connection between the three of them. She walked along the full length of the painting, her hands tracing the surface. Every now and then she would stop as if one of the marks was whispering something in her ear. No words were spoken between the couple until they reached the edge of the panel. I watched the tenderness of her partner subtly wipe a tear from her cheek. Tears uncontrollably filled my eyes from afar, I couldn't tear myself away from this incredible moment. What an honour to witness the power of art, my art. I quietly make my way around the gallery, reintroducing myself to each work. Some of these paintings are so big that they devour you completely. A sea of colour and texture so expansive that you find your entire body moving in flow with the movement of the work. 
my fingers reconnect with the small intricate de details carved into the more intimate sections and, I, and allow me to place myself back where the magic happened, alone, in my studio, just me in the process. With every painting, I allow myself to feel this joy penetrate, a true moment of reflection so that I will always remember how they came to be. These paintings have changed me. Now I'm getting all emotional. See, I knew I'd get emotional. These paintings have changed me, grown me. There is not a single painting on these walls that does not deserve its own place to breathe a life of its own. This knowing allows me to remain grounded whilst excitement floods the room around me. I scan my eyes around the gallery, noticing that every single painting <laughs> has a black dot below. It's a sellout show. I just need a second. <laughs> I knew I'd end up in tears because every time I do this visualisation, I end up in tears as well. In this moment, still standing as a silent voyeur, I know from the deepest part of myself that my work has truly moved beyond me. It is a powerful feeling watching as your paintings take on a life of their own. Now standing at the front of the room, out of my pocket I pull a handwritten note and read. I am quiet and still filled with a sense of calm confidence as I sit in the back seat of the car. I am excited, but not in a way that ego needs to claim space. This moment, whilst it's a first for me, feels as though it holds an unexpected familiarity. I feel as though I am effortlessly flowing into a moment of deja vu. In reading these words to this room of new collectors... I realise that I am stepping into my greatest work of art, a reality that was put in motion many years ago, a vision I have kept on replay throughout my day for many years. Today I truly stepped into my very own painting. <laughs> and it's like it's emotional because... Things are starting to happen now, finally, after what I feel is a really long time of working really, really hard. And the hunger that I have for that vision is so tangible that I can taste it. There is so much detail in that visualisation that I haven't put into words, but it's like I have literally mapped out in my head the colour of the shirt that that lady is wearing. Perhaps it's crazy, right? But this is the only way that I have ever found to manifest this type of life for yourself and... At the time that I wrote that, I was in a really scary place that I needed to get out of. And at the time, I had no way out, but I eventually found it. And the moment that I found my way out, it was like, like this door 
of every single ambition I ever had for my work. It was like all of those ambitions were leaning up against the door. And the moment I got myself out of a sticky situation, it was like that door opened and everything just came falling in. And I'm still watching those things happen. I'm still watching these desires fall into my reality at the moment. And I just, I really encourage you, if you're any form of creative, to write a visualisation for yourself. Figure out what you want to see, what your ideal picture will be. I don't even know which gallery this is. Like, there's no name or anything like that. I can just visualise the space and how big it is. I can see how many people are in the room. And there's this knowingness that I haven't done, like, I haven't pushed all these people in. The gallery is doing that work for me. The work is doing that for me. My role is to disappear. Like, my role as an artist is to allow the work to live and breathe a life of its own. And every time a painting sells, I'm just so grateful for for that. And it's like from a, from a collector's perspective, like if you are a collector and you purchase work, you already understand the value of work. But I don't think that any person really knows what goes into a painting from an artist's perspective. Like what these stories are that we tell ourselves what inner work we have to do to have the courage to show up every single day and that's why this conversation these conversations that I have they are always the conversations that I need to hear sometimes because I'm a talker because I'm a talker what I find is that that little inner voice, that little joy, that little inner child joy, she kind of vomits things out of my mouth at times while I'm talking to you. And I don't know where they come from. It's like some channeled inner knowingness that just needs to be said out loud so that I am present to what is actually important. And at this point right where I'm standing right now with this work that I've got in the studio, with the position that I'm in as a new artist at Curatorial, like this is what is alive for me. These are the things that I'm thinking about right now. And I want to acknowledge the fact that the way that I'm thinking at the moment is an act of self-love. It is, it is so different to my past patterns in beating myself down and trying to be better. And I'm just really excited 
to watch as more of those desires of mine effortlessly fall into place. I shouldn't say effortless, but really in the grand scheme of things, when they happen, I'm not shocked by them. I've already seen them coming. And when this happens on that day that I am standing in that gallery space, I am going to pull those pieces of paper out of my pocket and that is what I'm going to read. And the day that that happens, I'm going to be so proud of me. I'm I'm already really proud of me. But that is just a really important vision of mine that I... I felt that I just needed to share today and I hope that this has inspired something in you if you're a creative, if you're a collector, maybe it has helped you see work in a different way. But I just want to say thank you for listening, thank you for bearing with me and if any part of this conversation resonates with you, Share it with a creative friend. Give it a five-star review. Help me spread the word about this podcast because this is the crux of it. This is what I want this podcast to be about. I want it to be about the hard, vulnerable conversations, the things that make us uncomfortable, and I want to speak from a place of love and respect. I really do. So thank you for listening. And I really hope (laughs) this version um, doesn't get corrupted like the last one. Otherwise, all of these tears are going to be for nothing. So thank you. And I'll see you back in the studio when I meet you again. I'll see you next time. 